All right, welcome back to the Splitting Hairs podcast by Jackrabbit Illustrated. It's Matt and Kyle. Kyle, how are you doing? Feeling good. We're starting to feel that fall autumn weather, Start starting to get into the nitty gritty of this season for the Jacks. So I'm excited to see what's on the horizon here as we venture down to Youngstown. Yes, Kyle, did you know that the S word is coming this direction on this week, Friday, Saturday? Make sure it stays up there. You guys can have it. <laughs> yeah it'll, it'll build uh, character we, for those young bucks who haven't experienced it yet yeah we got you know a bunch of new florida boys on the team this year so this could be one of their first tastes of uh of snow but maybe on their visit it might have snowed too it'll make so. them more well-rounded you know yeah character exactly. so <laughs> so good so kyle uh you got to watch the game a little bit yeah you then you went back and rewatched some. Absolutely, them. Ben uh, did me a solid. You know, gave me a little FaceTime love from the bleachers, from the home <laughs> side. And grainy as it was, I still got to see the boys for a little bit because there was apparently a little bit of uh, technical difficulties, and uh, there was I I imagined or assumed I should say that Midco had the broadcast, but apparently um, Jack Rabbit Insider or All Access had uh, had the coverage, and it was nice to hear Tyler Merriam. You know, I, we get to hear Hank and, and Tom most of the time on the ESPN Plus broadcast, but it was cool to hear them again, and he does such a great job. And as we've dove in, dove or dived, I don't know how you say it, as we've dived into this whole endeavor, I gained a lot of appreciation for what Tyler does out there. But, um, but yeah, man, so it was nice to finally get that feed once I realized that it was through Jackrabbit All Access, but... You know, I think we've seen a lot more momentum, a lot better rhythm on different days. What do you think? Yeah, that that game really felt uh, disjointed. Great it work. felt, it just felt weird. We didn't, uh, you know, put put together any sustained drives, and that was a little disappointing. You know, we like we love the home run hitting, um, but man, at, sooner or later, this is gonna really stress our defense playing this many minutes. I think. Yeah. It lacked completeness for sure. It lacked a lot of rhythm offensively, far too many three and outs and mm-hmm. really no sustained drives until a little bit later in the game. But even then, you know, we were just ripping off long gash run plays um, and then getting to pay dirt. So we really like to see, you know, the offensive line kind of anchor in a bit more, lean on each other. I know a lot of times when you're rotating in and out, disjointed is the proper word and it can be tough to you know sink in with cadence and you get a little amped up when you're you're coming out off the bench cold but you got to lock in you got to do your 111th and when you're at home on hobo day um, there's really no excuse for that so when we travel down to Youngstown State you know they're gonna have it rocking I'm sure it'll be homecoming for them and uh, or some whereabouts in that territory so you know, we'll need to shore that up on the offensive line. But good news is we I think we were just able to lean on a team that was less talented um, as far as with our skill players, our running backs. Obviously, Pierre going for 229 on the ground, really getting off for the first time in terms of uh, just purely uh, toting the rock on Saturday. Had a total of 322 net rushing yards. So that was really good to see. 
anytime you cross that 300 threshold, it's going to be tough for <laughs> tough for teams to battle back and get the W on that. So um, what are some of the things that you saw as well that you, you liked or disliked? Yeah, you know, Pierre is just so talented. Uh, Coach Stig's been talking about him and stuff and just how he's just a – he just has tremendous vision, and that's what sets him apart. Uh, it was just fun to see him on Saturday. Uh, his change of direction, to me, is so unbelievable. He can just stop and then get back going full speed in a couple strides. And, uh, you know, Zenner was such a one-cut-and-go-and-you're-not-going-to-catch-me kind of guy, and that's how Pierre was last year. Um, but he's adding just that, that cut this year is just so different to me. Um, but it's not a cut like CJ. Like, CJ's is so quick. Um, but Pierre's is just that stop and then go um, that's really cool. So, uh, you know, I, I, the defense for me, uh, we keep talking about it week in and week out. And, man, they gave up seven points. They gave up one bad drive, that drive right before halftime. Otherwise, 215 yards on 63 plays is all they allowed. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really that's that's awesome. remarkable. And, and really, to be honest, you know, you could probably take another seven points off the board given that we had that turnover in our own territory and just – just. Well, that was the field. Or, I'm sorry, the three. the three points. Um, yeah, that was what part of the, the uh, game that I had to rewatch. But, yeah, so we had the <laughs> – we had that little issue and that little debacle, which puts your defense back against the wall. So that's never fun, but they did a, they, they've done a great job this year as we've not taken great care of the ball um, through the first mm -hmm. quarter and some change of the year. So I'm going to want to see that get shored up, but you know, because you only have so many chances with that as we move into a little bit stiffer competition in the Valley and, you know, Youngstown state being one of those teams, you, you know, you just, think back to a couple of years ago when uh, we had a nice long first drive of the game that resulted in a fumble in their territory and Youngstown state didn't really look back. And that was the one, uh, one of those games we just stubbed our toe in. Uh, I think it was, is it 2016 or 2017? One of those years, but 20, 2017. Yeah. 2017. yeah. So I, was, I, I was looking back at that uh, today as I was kind of preparing and in that game, can, do you remember how, how many minutes they held the ball? Oh, yeah, for? it was astonishing. In time of possession. Yeah, we just, and, the, and that's why I think this new defensive scheme where, you know, we're running a lot of stunts, doing some games, uh, mixing it up, not just on third down, even run blitzing them. I think we're going to just assert our will a bit more and just play more stout as opposed to reading hats and kind of just I, – I remember in that game, Smenda was a couple yards off the line of scrimmage to – to avoid cutoff on backside. And it just, I just, yep. just to get off, it was such a, such a just fragmented game to where we didn't play really complete. You know, we had, had sure. one of our elite, you know, what, who is now an NFL athlete uh, lose the ball going into score, just trying to make another effort play, but didn't have those things yep. happen and expect to beat teams who, who really, it was their night that night. I mean, sometimes, Sometimes yeah. some teams that you play are just going to step up and, and they're going to be clicking on all cylinders some nights and you just got to do all you can to combat that. But, you know, that's one thing that's kind of been the Jack's MO as we've had just an unbelievable run with talent and with, with scheme, we need to put it together in terms of scheme, talent, and execution now. So as we mm -hmm. come into these games where 
we have a superior squad, we need to assert our will. We need to take care of business. No more whoopsies. Because uh, then we'll, once we get into the NDSUs and the UNIs of the world in Illinois states, I mean, those are we're going to take care of business at some point within that stretch. So we need to do it also with some of these young Youngstown states, Indiana states and so forth. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, what we'd really like to see is a faster start. Um, You're seeing the Jacks come out in the second half and have these awesome second halves. And that speaks a lot to the depth and conditioning of our guys. Um, You know, the depth is because we're just rotating so many more bodies than these other teams have. And they're good. There's not a, really a drop in quality for these wave of guys that are coming in. Um, but, I mean, we just can't afford to keep starting like this because you're right. Eventually, we're going to start run into these teams that have the same depth and talent. You know, for example, this – I wrote this in the blog, but, but this was our first half on Saturday. A punt off of a three and out, a turnover after two plays, the fumble, a TD to Cade that was just three plays long, a 65 yards all in the touchdown pass. And then another punt on a three and out. And then we finally on our fifth possession, put, put a drive together um, that resulted in a long field goal for Vinatieri. Um, But it was 14 plays, 58 yards and eight up nine minutes of possession. And then our final possession was just a knee out um, to end the half. And so that makes me, I mean, we scored on two of our five real possessions there, which you'd feel okay about. Right. Um, But our, but those other three possessions were so dang ugly. You know, we ran a total of eight plays in three possessions. That's not, that's not doing. Yeah. Well. And that's only going to wear, I mean, the, those quick three and outs, those take a compounding effect on your defense over the year. So mm-hmm. those guys on offense need to get it done. They need to look each other in the eye and correct it and not, not do the my bad thing or, you know, we'll get them next time. They need to understand in a technical sense what they're doing to not execute and you know it starts from the mm-hmm. top down i'm sure Eck would uh would have preferred to call a little bit better of a game because all coaches evaluate themselves as well but i like i like at the end of the day when we leaned on our strength which is our run game and just asserted our will over time and then established a bit more of a rhythm um, as we moved deeper on into the game but you know, yep. another thing that we should touch on as well, you know, congratulations to Chase on his big accomplishment passing Parker Douglas, but really been out of sync a lot as far as just consistently executing on PATs and, and really what for him are pretty much gimme field goals. So, I, yeah, you know, someday when I win the lottery, Kyle, uh, I'm going to hire a sports psychologist for, for the SDSU athletic bingo. department. Love it. They had one in Mankato, and uh, the athletes there – Mankato's a Division II power. Um, but the athletes there talked about how helpful and beneficial it was for them to have that. And, man, like I think that's a huge missing piece right now for, for SDSU is to have that sports psychology program that athletes can turn to when they yeah, need to. Yeah, you mentioned that. I, I have experienced uh, being playing on a squad with one and then playing on a squad without one. and. I'm a big fan of psychology. I read a lot of Carl Jung and Freud and some of the uh, great clinicians of the past. But I think just in terms of understanding how to integrate a well-rounded mindset and how to approach the day and how to kind of keep everything in front of you and in context as you do your job or go out there to execute, to not allow the moment to be bigger than what it is, I think is a great thing. 
And I'd really like to see, you've seen mm-hmm. it at the NBA level. You've seen it in the NFL. I'd really like to see steps taken across the board to really pour back in and add more value as far as the mental health domain for these kids. But that's a great point. Yeah. It would be good to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think uh, the other thing I'd really like to see um just had my point and then I think you're lost about it there to for say a second. Polini needs his own personal therapist as well. Is that it? <laughs> oh no, no. Um that thank you though. <laughs> this did that reminded me. <laughs> so I'm so Coach Stig today was on KWSN with John Gaskins um doing his interview. And uh he so John Gaskins asked about Jabore and how uh it didn't look like they had any designed runs for Jabore this week which uh, was true. And Stig hinted at, uh, well, you know, in this type of situation, we don't need him to run, but he's more than capable. And so the finger is not a hundred percent still. Like, I think we can all recognize that. Uh, But that also tells me though, that there's a whole piece of the playbook that we haven't gotten into yet again. And so that gives me hope as well that, we're just still kind of seeing the the beginnings of this offense. And there is more that, uh, that I don't know if we're saving it or um, yeah, I I just, it gives me hope when he says that, that, uh, that Jabori can run a lot um, and run well. He just hasn't. Yeah. I mean, the guy's six, two, two thirty. I I highly doubt that that isn't a wrinkle that we can't add. But when you run into a situation where you're kind of oh, trying Kyle, to protect Kyle, you cut out there for a second. health from his, from his hand, but also you've got a number of ways you can attack and beat your opponent without, you know, involving him in the run game. That's, that's awesome. So I'm glad that we didn't. I know that's an element that we can, you know, incorporate down the road, kind of like we did with uh, Taron Christian against North Dakota state in 2016, where he was a, a fixture in the run game and, and really asserted his will, um, which was actually the toughest I ever saw him play too. And I think we could all say that, um, you know, not only yeah. was he an incredible athlete overall, but really that game was something special to watch him play in. And, and I think Jabori has that same upside. He's, you know, we, he's only scratched the surface of what um, he's capable of mm-hmm. in his freshman campaign, as far as I, as far as I'm concerned. And then, you know, Yankee stepping up, making those plays in the red zone. It's just showing more what he has in his uh, toolkit. And I think, you know, I, I would like to see other guys step up in those moments, um, which I think they're, they're more than capable of. You know, you got your um, Adam Anderson, who's really not gotten going to his full potential yet, which it's only a matter of time. And then, you know, we know what Cade is capable of. We've seen Mikey go off, especially in the red zone, doing his his thing as far as bullying folks. And I mean, again, you saw CJ. I mean, CJ's got those those uh, quick mm-hmm. hips, and 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 you've already mentioned Pierre. You know, his smooth uh, running style, his ability to go zero to hundred with uh, such an effortless motion is really cool to watch. So, yeah, we got a lot going yeah. for us, and it'll be interesting. I get Bo heated quick. Yeah, right. Uh, So again, on the KWS interview, and this is what reminded me of it, Kyle, uh, Coach Stig was talking about how good of a guy Bo is and how different he is than the guy we see on TV and the guy that gets so fired up at the refs. Yeah, you know, there's there's a – 
it was really cool. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And there's, I'm not trying to come down on him too much. I, I never liked doing that because uh, Lord knows I got my own issues, but we have, uh, <laughs> we have a situation where, you know, we're seeing such a narrow uh, view of who he is as a person. And we're only seeing him when he boils over and granted he does need to rein that in a little bit, but you know, at a certain point, when you reach a certain age, you kind of are what you are. Um, and, but mm-hmm. one thing that I know from guys who have played with him, they rave about him. He seems to be a guy mm-hmm. who will challenge you, but he'll go to bat for you at, at the same time. So, um, you know, I think stylistically, it just comes down to, do you want a guy who will potentially get in your grill on national television in a harsh, harsh way? Or do you want a guy like Stig who hook in your face now, but he won't, he won't do so in a kind of a degrading type way. He's going to edify you and, and lift you up and hold you accountable at the same time. I guess this stylistically, it just all boils down to, you know, kind of what you're looking for and what you adapt well to. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, we're going out to the ice castle and I'm pretty sure it's their homecoming game. Again, it always seems like we're playing on their homecoming game or they're playing on ours. Uh, but the Jacks have actually won uh, eight of eight out of 10 against these guys. You know, we mentioned the game uh, two years ago, what they lost. And then Youngstown also beat us on Hobo day. Uh, I think four, four ish years ago. So um, we've done pretty well against them. And uh, you know, this team, it's your typical Youngstown team under Pelini. They play good defense and they run the ball. And that's what they've done since he's got there or been there. Um, and that's exactly how they're built again this year. Yeah, you know what you're going to so, get with them. It's not going to be a lot of smoke and mirror stuff. Um, you yep. know, I, I was surprised um, not by their propensity to show it, but the fact that they wanted to do it so often, and that's run the quarterback. Um, but he did yeah. a lot of that with Taylor Martinez. Um at the at the uh, Nebraska school, so it yeah. <laughs> so it was uh, you know it'll be interesting to see again. You know I think it kind of plays to our into our hands. Our defense is so staunch against the run. I mean, what did we only? I think we only gave up about seventy total rushing yards, something a little over that perhaps in the game um, on Saturday. And yeah, that one hundred and seven. Oh, we gave up one hundred and seven. Okay, I mean yeah. At some point, uh, you know. I think that uh, Youngstown's offense is going to get a taste of how stout we are against the run, um, you know, with Xavier Ward and Sanders and Hildall and, and then obviously Backus, who uh, did a phenomenal job this past weekend, Seven Wilson and then William Wallace in there. Um, you know, yeah, and you can't, you can't forget Levi Brown. Yeah, you know, Levi did some great Levi, stuff. He was you, were, you, were on him, you were high on him early in the year as far as his ability in the pass game and he really put his face on a lot of guys this past week and asserted his will through his hips and uh, made him feel them. So that was good. Yeah. So it looks like Youngstown's quarterback, Nathan Mays, we've heard that name for a few years. He's been a part-time start, starter in and out of the lineup. Uh, he's the, he's the actual starter this year, uh, but he got dinged up towards the end of the U and I game. And no one really knows right now if he's going to be in there or out or, um, what the deal is with him. So uh, if, if he can't go, they're looking at a guy who's attempted 14 career passes and that's this year, um, Joe Craycraft. Uh, he's the backup. So we'll yeah. see. And if memory um, serves me correctly, it always seemed like when we were playing Youngstown state under Bo, that 
their quarterbacks get dinged up quite often or they rotate in a lot of different guys. Um, I want to say Van Gorder. We saw Van Gorder recently. Yeah, he was that Notre Dame right. transfer. And Van yep. Gorder, uh, he was at Georgia or with the Falcons. And it, so I've heard that name throughout, you know, growing up and stuff like that. And it was great to see us shut him down. It was kind of awesome. Yeah. Especially given that yeah. Coach Lee is now the D coordinator there. I thought that was kind of cool. But, um, it, yep. <laughs> but, you know, Youngstown has three good backs they rotate through. Uh, Christian Turner. That's a name we should all be familiar with. He's played quite a bit the last couple of years. He was uh, he was a really 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 good as a freshman. Um, this year he's actually kind of taken uh, a back seat to a senior named Joe Alisi. Uh, they're built about the same, uh, but Alisi's carried the ball fifty five times for three hundred seventy five yards. Um, so he has some speed on him. They were talking about that in the U and I broadcast that he's kind of their home run threat. Uh, Turner does some nice things in the passing game. And then they bring in a big back named Braxton Chapman, uh, who's um, pretty dang big, 6'2", 220. So he's their power guy. Yeah, he's a big boy. Sounds like our Mikey. And if you look at yep. really going through their schedule, I mean, they beat Samford, who is devoid of Devlin Hodges, who um, if anybody watched yeah. the Steelers play this past weekend, uh, got a little airtime and, and did admirably well filling in for um, the injured – uh, the injured uh, kid from Oklahoma State, Rudolph. Um, yeah, Mason so that Rudolph. was uh, yep. that was kind of cool to see as far as FCS talent at the next level is concerned. I mean, they beat Howard, who's one and four overall. Um, they beat Duquesne, who you know, out of the uh, up there out of the Northeast, and and that's you know the Jacks have seen them, so that's a comparable opponent. But to be honest, just looking at such um, subpar opponents, you're really only get a feel in my estimation for the type of squad that you're assembling when you get into about the second mm-hmm. week of Valley play. So, I mean, they lost to you and I last week in McIlvain. You said, Matt, he kind of went off on him, right? The quarterback. Yeah, he had a nice game, um, but he also made some freshman mistakes that kept Youngstown in the sure. game too. Yeah. So. He's, you know, he's got so, that ability to extend those plays, which, you know, has me a, a, a tad nervous moving into deeper, deeper into our schedule as we get into Valley play um, later on in the year, because we've kind of, that's kind of been a thorn on our side is running quarterbacks, but I'm sure we'll, we'll write that and get that shored up. But yeah. So this will be, yeah. this will be their first, um, I would say, well, not their first, but a, a very formidable test when we see, when they see the Jacks, like you said, we've yep. come off kind of a long stretch where we've been in friendly confines or close to them. So it'll be nice to see the mindset and the mentality as we get to the ice castle. They, they tend to have okay attendance. Every time I played there, um, it was a little subpar, um, quick little funny story. They were playing hip hop one time during a TV timeout or a break when we were playing there. And some of the student section right behind the, the visitor side goes, this is hip hop do you guys even have it yet? <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> I, I remember looking at some of my teammates and got a little chuckle out of that. And then we proceeded to thump them. So that was also nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, you know, it's kind of funny. You know, so their fans are engaged. They're not going to probably sell it out. Um, but if they do, great. it's a huge stadium. It's good to, yeah. it's good to win and be competitive in an atmosphere like that. Speaking of yeah. proud of everybody that came out uh, to what looked like kind of damp conditions, for Hobo Day, it looked like 13-5 in change is uh, is about yeah. what it turned out. So 
awesome. Hopefully yeah. everybody stayed safe. And Matt, did you enjoy some good grub and, and some of the festivities? Yeah. Yeah, we made fajitas this week. So let me tell you, though, we have our season tickets on the east side of the stadium, and that wind was brutal. It was it, – it really, really – and I'm from South Dakota. I'm used to the wind, grew up on a farm. Uh, I know what wind's all about, but that it just was swirling in the stadium. And, again, I wrote this in the blog, but the trash would go one way, and then about five minutes later, all the trash would float back under your feet going the other direction. <laughs> that does, that so... <laughs> does not surprise me. It sounds pretty comical, but – you know, again, if if you're a kicker or you're a specialist and you can ball in South Dakota, you can kick anywhere because the wind is yeah. ferocious and it's a test to see, you know, how dialed in you can be in terms of your accuracy. But it's also, um, you know, it'll show your mental fortitude, too, because it's not it's not fun. Like a lot of times I remember during practices, you couldn't even hardly hear yourself think because the wind yep. howls so much. But, you know, at the same time, it's got beautiful weather there in the summer. Right, Matt? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not trying to shy anybody away here because um, if you if you want to play yeah. ball, you'll go. But uh, but yeah, it's it's tough to to combat that wind. Yeah, yeah. Let's get back to young. Yes, sir. Here. My bad. <laughs> um, no, you're all good. You're all good. Uh, the the Ice Castle though is a huge stadium. It, it really right. is. It's a right. It's one of it's one of the biggest ones in the FCS. I'm yeah, pretty sure. and they have a, you know just kind of a towering home side there. It just kind of goes kind of directly vertical. They they put okay. their um, field house in kind of off kitty corner. I want to say, I don't, I don't remember the directions of the, or the orientation of the stadium, but it's on the visitor side kind of perpendicular there, but you know, it's a nice place okay. to play. I enjoyed it. And I don't think we ever lost there when I was playing. We didn't lose there when I was playing. I don't even think, no, yeah. I never lost to Youngstown actually. So yeah, nice. it felt good to see them on the schedule. And, uh, you know, I'm sure the Jacks feel the same way, not only because we have had good success against them, um, but you and I were talking, Matt, they're running a 4-2-5 now. Yeah, so, yeah, this 4-2-5, this is super unique, uh, what, they're, what they're doing this year. They have their two really good defensive ends that they've had the last few seasons, uh, Malik Richmond, uh, who's somewhat uh, infamous, um, and then Justice Reed, the transfer from Florida. Uh, two really good ends at the FCS level, uh, but usually Youngstown has some big boys at the de- defensive tackle position, um, and they're just they're huge that you can't move them off the line. Uh, but for whatever reason, they don't have those guys even on the roster this year. I was looking for them, uh, so they're starting two defensive ends at the tackle positions: uh, Demarco Craig Jr. and Antoine Cook. Uh, Cook 6'4", 260, and Craig Jr. is 6'1", 265. And against you and I, they were just causing fits on the interior. Um, their get-off, uh, you know, was, was probably quicker than the interior linemen were used to. Um, they were chasing down the backs uh, on the perimeter. So it just was an interesting alignment that they were using. But also, once you and I's interior got into them on the power runs, uh, they really got gashed. So it's they're they're kind of playing with fire on it um but richmond and reed you know have five and four sacks a piece on the season uh so they can get home to the quarterback so uh, we're gonna have to watch that yeah and i mean you'll hear me say this often is uh that's the kind of defense you run right at but this really is because essentially what they're doing is obviously inserting another um defensive back type presence to be able to adhere to that maybe move them around bring some heat with them and and uh, 
certain things like that in terms of their plan of attack. But what I really like is as the game progresses, just like you highlighted, you'll be able to start to lay on, on those smaller bodies. As long as you get your eyes up, you understand what's coming at you in terms of stunts, some games, um, what they're trying to do with their LBs and you can really get into them physically get up to the second level. Um, as long as you make sure you don't allow that penetration from undersized interior bodies. When I was playing uh, at South Dakota state, we had a lot of similar type bodies on our interior defensive line. Brian Fisher being one of them who did an excellent job of constantly disrupting plays in the backfield. And Mm -hmm. now that we've got a bigger, more physical interior line presence, um, on SD state squad, it'll be interesting to see, you know, we haven't really, I mean, we faced that at LIU or when we played LIU. So it'll be interesting to see if we kind of learned our lesson on how to handle some of the, the smaller, leaner, more kind of mobile type interior linemen. Yeah. And that's a great point. You know, thinking about the non-conference part of the schedule, um, Southern Utah ran an offense that was really similar to Southern Illinois, uh, kind of that dink and dunk down the field, um, you know, and, and, and I was thinking about that today that LIU's defensive line was these quick lean guys that, that we struggled with on their quick, their quickness. Um, so I'm going to, I'm really interested to see what we learned from that experience and how it applies here. Cause these Youngstown guys are going to be more talented. Yeah. And you know, it's only, um, I, or they, they, they should I, be. I don't want to <laughs> jump the gun either, but I really like how our defensive backs have been playing lately. Um, you know, Don Gardner, he's uh, inserted himself uh, in the, in the, into kind of a playmaker role, you know, with the, uh, I think he had a sack this past weekend, did some really, did some really nice things as far as adhering to his technique. Um, And then we had Michael Griffin with a pick as well. Um, Well, not as well. Gardner should have had a pick that was about a punt um, in in style, but he had time to think about it, tie his shoe, chew some bubble gum, you know, wave to his girlfriend in the stands, but I won't hold that, that against him. Um, (laughs) <laughs> you know, being on the defensive side of the ball, but, uh, but yeah, you know, we, we really stepped up there in Youngstown state historically has not been a team that's stretched us vertically, probably with the mm-hmm. exception of that one L we took at home. I think that they were able to do some things through the air, but I don't foresee that happening yep. just stylistically knowing they're going to want to run the ball. So. Yeah. They scored on a, uh, on a bomb on, it was a broken, broken coverage by you and I, uh, the secondary got caught watching the backfield and they ran uh, kind of a play action because they'd just been pounding, pounding, pounding. And uh, they threw it up to Jeremiah Braswell, not a guy within 20 yards of him, a uh, 75-yard touchdown on one play, first play of the drive. And so we have to be aware on that. Um, and I think our front seven will be able to stop the run so we can keep our safeties back and uh, cornerbacks doing their job. So, you know, we'll, we'll be all right, I yeah, think. Yeah, and historically, you know, Bo brings a lot of talented players in to wherever, wherever he coaches. But, you know, if the word for us this past Saturday was disjointed, I've gotten the feel that his team chemistry can get disjointed to the effect that if you get up on him quickly, like you said, we want to try to do and try to establish uh, tempo and control of the game early, they'll start to quit on themselves. That's, that's what I've seen. Yeah. That's what I've felt. I'm not saying that, that that's going to happen. That's just a feel I've gotten as far as uh, watching them play. And who knows, you know, every, every day is a new day, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, yeah. I, I hope we can do that early and, and kind of see where it goes from there. 
Well, you're, and you're right, Kyle. Um, and, and this is a word you use a lot, but culture is, it comes to mind when you talk about that. Uh, you know, there's something to be said for gutting out your, your freshman season and your red shirt season and kind of being a practice dummy and all the, all the training and everything like that. Um, and then being next to these guys when you get to be a sophomore, junior, senior, and you're playing tons of reps. Um, but, but how Youngstown is choosing to operate is taking half their roster and relying on JUCOs and transfers and grad transfers. And maybe they haven't had that time together to build that trust or that respect for one another, or that uh, blood, sweat, and tears that comes through the training process. Yeah, that's, I mean, spot um, on as far as your assessment yeah. there. And I'll never forget a little personal story here because it applies in, in part of which I think is helped Stig build the right kind of culture. It doesn't matter how good you are. If you're not adhering to the quote-unquote jackrabbit way, Stig will cut your tail in a heartbeat. And I remember when I transferred in from Purdue, uh, I had a little issue going to this one class because I just took it for granted, thought it was easy. And uh, <laughs> it just just so happens Coach Conklin was coaching part of it because that was back when uh, the staff actually coached some classes. Um, and he looked right at me when he told me to get to class, and I kind of was confused and befuddled by it. And he goes, I'm serious. I'll cut your tail in a heartbeat. Hmm. And I was like, Oh, hmm. okay. So, I mean, <laughs> I think that that just shows that we're trying to do things the right way, top to bottom. And you're not always going to be a hundred percent on that. But when, no, when, no. when nobody is above the team, I mean, that was a great lesson for me. I didn't like being the example, but you know, it happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I didn't miss his class anymore. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, they, and again, this year they brought in a couple transfers, um, offensive line, four seniors, a sophomore, uh, the one player that I'm really intrigued with and I thought looked really good against you and I, uh, was number 55, Matt Jones. He's their center and he's a transfer from West Virginia and or a grad transfer. Um, and he started his final 25 games at West Virginia at center. So, uh, he has some talent on him. That's solid. So yeah. That's that was kind of cool. Guys with that kind of experience, um, but when you do recruit at the JUCO level to the degree that they do, where they bring in a lot of guys like that or a lot of D1 bounce backs or transfer transfers down, I think you can have a very um, very fragmented squad. You know, guys who learn different types of cultures come from different areas. It's not so cohesive, and then you have a head coach that's kind of known for losing his cool on the sidelines sometimes you you start to play with a panicked uh sense of being and i I don't think that that's voted well for them in the past but we'll see what happens on saturday i'm just hyped for some more football as we get into actual the thick of valley play yeah hey i know this is kind of ben and brennan's territory but i want to talk just a little bit about the valley right now um and and we didn't plan this so (laughs) um I can't believe how many injuries there's been in the Valley this year, like big time injuries to good players. Uh, and off air, I know we've talked about Briley Moore. Yeah. Um, you know, tight the Illinois. St- yeah. Yeah. Tight end for you and I, but Illinois state lost some really Two good receivers players that were um, really their prime targets. Yeah. Uh, and their big guard, Illinois transfer, Gabe Magnuson, I think, uh, Indiana state losing Ryan Boyle. Yeah. Uh, USD has been dealing with some injuries to their secondary. It sounds like they're finally getting healthy, but uh, just really um, 
yeah, and you and I lost uh, Jalen Rima, like their big kick returner and punt returner. Uh, he he decided not to. He just he kind of quit on the team, and he's gonna do the whole four game redshirt and then transfer rule. So, yeah, it's just a really interesting year for the Valley right now um, in terms of injuries, and it's so physical, and we haven't even hardly gotten to Valley play. There's gonna be more of them. Yeah, it's <laughs> the great equalizer, you know. And I've said it before. I'm I think on the podcast, but your greatest ability is your availability. I remember when I transferred yeah. in, I was playing D-line, um, busting my tail, got redshirted the first year because it broke my foot. Um, then coming back, didn't miss one single workout, even the dead period in May, and tore my pectoral first day of, uh, of camp. And that was when we had our, our uh, conference title run in 07. And uh, that was one of the toughest things for me was watching the guys work so hard and accomplish such a such a prominent goal and, and just kind of being uh, just a onlooker for that. So that's tough. So hopefully those guys stay locked in, contribute to the team uh, to the best of their ability, because you never want to see anybody go down. You always want to beat a team at full strength, but it's also a credit to our staff for keeping our guys prepared to the level that they have so far. And hopefully we don't get bit by that bug any further than we have already. Yeah, I mean, because we lost, you know, we lost two key backups in Tajay Davis and Zach Hines. Yeah, and then, I mean, obviously, we've had had the issue with um, a kid from Parkston, his name evades me. Yeah, Wes Wes Gannant. Wes, Wes, hopefully we'll get him back because, you know, with some of the, uh, some of our issues, I'll I'll say, uh, to put it lightly on the offensive line, um, you know, that's just an added element for depth and for experience, so. Yeah, I mean, it's a great yeah. equalizer in sports. And it'll always be around, but that's why I think also if you're a recruit and you happen to stumble upon this podcast and you hear it, there are so many fixtures in place at South Dakota State to keep you um, playing at a high level and on the field that uh, really like with Coach Mo, as far as, you know, Sanford being around and, and having that support staff, the people at Avera, there's just so many outlets uh, there now and as far as all the funds and resources that have been poured into the university so that's a great uh, yeah. great aspect to have as well yeah so Kyle last week on the prediction you and I were it kind of fell right in the middle of us on the prediction um, I think I had said something like 45 to 10 or 45 13 or something like that so uh, but you were a little under that, what the final score ended up being, if I remember right, right? I think I said 38-13, and I think it was like 15 points off total. But, yeah, I mean, it's I wasn't, okay. I yeah. wasn't really close. The reality is, is um, well, I mean, I guess if we, we make that field goal and stuff, but if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all be fat and merry. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so what's your feeling on this week then? Dude, this is probably going to be one of the hardest scores to predict, in my opinion, because <laughs> – well, because Youngstown State could just fold or they could show up like they showed up in 17, you know. So I think it's going to be a defensive battle. I really do. Um, just because I know our defense is going to be good, actually. I, I don't know. Like, we were disjointed last week, so I don't know how the rhythm is going to be going into it. You know what the weather is for the game? Yeah, it's going to be uh, upper 60s, low 70s with a 40% chance of rain. Okay, so that's about what it usually is every time we play there. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say 30 to 17 jacks. Ooh, okay. Uh, 
So I actually have it at 24 to 17 jacks. I like that too. I just, I hope we <laughs> play more of a balanced game and we can sustain some drives and, and involve some more of our aerial weapons to be able to really kind of keep them guessing and off guard. Um, I think that if we can get Pierre going early and CJ mixed in and sprinkled in and then get into some short chain situations and lean on Mikey to kind of bring that hammer down, I think we'll be in good shape as far as going to the air from there. Yeah. So I actually, you know, until I watched the U and I tape, uh, I, I picked this game as the one that the Jacks were going to lose that they shouldn't yeah. lose this season. Uh, and I, and obviously I still don't think we should lose it. Uh, I'm glad you highlighted that, Matt. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think we should lose it. Um, but but I, after watching the United game, I just think that that we're too physical right now um, in our depth. Uh, again, I think our depth is just going to overwhelm these guys. I don't think Youngstown's offense is that good. Uh, I, I said 17 points. Uh, I, I'd be shocked. At, you know, I'd be I'd be shocked if they got over 17 and would probably predict them to be probably closer to that 10, 13 point range. Uh, yeah, so, and the only reason yeah. I'm I'm giving them the nod at that extra seven is because they're at home. And you never know what factor that might play into it. I would love to see us take care of the football so that we can actually come out on the good side of that turnover margin. And just kudos to our defense, man. Like, generally speaking, like we've highlighted before throughout a number of our previous podcasts, your defense takes on the identity of your coaching staff. And I love the violence. Jimmy played, you know, with with the tenacity, um, like, not a lot of people I've ever played with. So it's really cool to see his linebacking core and it kind of trickled down to the D line and watching just, just get a body count, man. I love it. Yeah. 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 So it's just, I mean, Logan Backus was so fired up on Friday, that sack uh, that he had. Uh, so he was flying all over. And again, it just reminded me of Jimmy, how Jimmy played. Uh, and you're absolutely right. Roseboom showed like a ton of emotion on Friday, and usually he's pretty level. That so, last hobo day, uh, you know, he wanted to leave no doubt. Must have been. So good for him. Yeah. And who's who... – Oh, what was that, Kyle? Kyle? What was your question, Kyle? Who's your guy to watch as far as an offensive player? For us? For us. Them? For us, uh, I really think this could be the week for Adam. Uh, Youngstown has a good corner that I'm guessing they're going to uh, lock up with Cade. Uh, Bryce Gibson is him, is, is that guy. And I'd expect Bryce to follow uh, number seven to follow Cade everywhere he goes. Uh, and that's going to put Adam on a couple of their, their not as good corners. So I'd like to see Adam really break out. Yeah, I think Adam should be a, a good player to watch this week, especially with that. Four two five. we can get that run game going early. Um, like I said, I think yep. that'll open up things moving on uh, for the pass game. So that's a good one to watch. I'm going to watch CJ. I think he's, uh, I think he's due to kind of continue to take another step. Cool. Defensively, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Seven Wilson this week. Okay. Uh, I – I'm actually going to go with the Crock-Pot. crock so, Yeah. Uh, Coach Smith was on, on the Stig show last week and said that uh, he's really starting to feel a lot better and really getting com- 
confident in his leg and his knee. And so, uh, yeah, it's, I, I think it's his week. Yeah. He's, I'm glad he's been able to play the way he has. Cause you never know coming off an injury like that, how you're going to play, especially when you got all that weight leaning on you and laying on you from time to time. So it's going to yeah. be good. Yep. Absolutely. Hey, you had to get that. Absolutely. In yeah. There. Check that's, it off. Uh, that's the first one. In. Yeah. You're welcome, Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for this episode. Uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, and uh, everyone, please go out, follow, rate, share, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, really appreciate the support as we've as we've kind of gotten off the ground here in the first month and a half of the season. Yeah, and I really appreciate so, the feedback. As I told you, Matt, people DM me some of the things that they'd kind of like to hear moving forward. So if, if you're one of those people who has something specific you'd like us to address or talk about, we're more than happy to do it. Um, Matt and I are just happy to talk shop, but if there's something you guys want us to cater to, we'll certainly do that. So I appreciate that feedback. And I think we got some exciting things that we're planning uh, for the future. Yes. Uh, lots of good stuff going on. So thank you again, everyone. Thanks, Kyle. Go Jack. Rabbits. <laughs>